0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. Family was the focus on this week's Hard Knocks in-season episode, and rightfully so, it's the holidays. Unfortunately, though, the Buccaneers played the role of Grinch. Also, Colt McCoy is back as the starter. J.J. Watt talks retirement, and it wouldn't be a Wednesday without roster moves. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 630, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! <laughs> Here's Craig Grealoux. So these episodes of Hard Knocks End Season have a very good way of putting me back in a particular moment, whether it's during the week or during the game on Sunday. And this past episode, no exception. But before I kind of go even further than that, Danny, welcome, because after your stellar performance handling sidelines on Sunday, I'm just surprised that your phone hasn't been ringing and we still have you here. On Cardinals cover, too.
1: Who's to say it hasn't been raining, Craig? Oh, wow.
0: Try to I mean, give someone hasn't. a compliment, and they put it right back in your face.
1: I mean, it hasn't. Let's okay. be clear. But I do appreciate the compliment. It was a lot of fun being down there, sideline. Um, I don't envy Paul for if the Cardinals are 4-11. and He's done 10 post-game interviews after a loss, and those are – not fun for anyone involved, obviously necessary to get a lot of questions answered. And that's part of the process. And I understand and respect that. Um, Had a lot of fun. Big, big thanks to our producer, Jim Amahundra, who of course was very helpful, helpful as he always is. Um, Paul did a great job filling in for Dave Pash up in the booth with Wolf. So it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, like last Christmas, which was the other (laughs) game I did sideline for radio, uh, also did not end in a win. But Still fun, still grateful nonetheless.
0: So you're saying it's either you or Paul for the reasons that this team probably is unlikely to get a third straight game on Christmas Day.
1: You know what? I'll I'll take the blame. <laughs> sure. Why not? Well, that's not fair. I know it's not fair, but I'll take the blame.
0: All right. By the way, there was no cutaways of you on the sideline in this episode of hard knocks i was surprised nothing nothing in the background or anything a lot of paul voice though heard a lot of Paul. a lot of
1: paul no i was in that magenta sparkly blazer too you for sure would have seen me if i were in the background i i'm kind of glad because i feel like the only shot that would have been clear that i was in was early in their game and i can't remember if it was keonta ingram it might have been james Conner. i was inches away from getting run over and you have to have your head on a swivel and it's it's hard because if i'm not in the front on the sideline, it's obviously hard to see the play fully develop, and it happens very quickly when you're down there as opposed to maybe when you're seeing it on TV. And so I was moving backwards, I was moving to the side, and you kind of get to a point where it's like I I just have to stop so the player can want to run around me. And it was like a matter of inches. It was very close. So I'm kind of glad that wasn't included in Hard Knocks.
0: So I mentioned that this episode, like so many of the other ones in the past, but this one in particular – Put me back into Sunday and a particular moment in that game, especially in the fourth quarter, because you always have an expectation on what to expect that particular week as far as how the game might go. And I'll be honest with everyone here, I did not expect, considering third-string quarterback Tom Brady on the other side, my expectations were not very high for the Arizona Cardinals this week, and I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. Yet there was a moment in that game, it's 16-6 to 6 with 10.47 left to go, and you're like, wow, they're actually going to do this. And then obviously we know what happened, but what brought me back to Sunday and how I felt was watching the players react, whether it was the failed pitch or Tom Brady getting his team into field goal range, Ryan Suckup getting the game tying, game-winning field goal. The resignation on everyone's face that we just – gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, i.e. Tom Brady, another opportunity, and that's something you cannot do in this league, given what he has done for 23 seasons now.
1: Yeah, it was a a struggle for both offenses, and this episode of Hard Knocks was interesting. I, I didn't time it. I haven't timed the other episodes. It at least felt like the most game footage we have seen in an episode. Um, I even kind of took a step back and I was like, wow, this has been really well done with the Christmas music and the voice. It it, it felt exhilarating to watch, even though it wasn't necessarily an exhilarating game. Um, Both offenses struggled, uh, and it it really isn't a surprise with the Cardinals relying on their third string quarterback, getting his first career start in Therese McSorley with Tom Brady playing the way that he has all season But you're right, it did seem like the Cardinals were going to somehow pull this out and get this win, the final home game of the regular season at State Farm Stadium. And unfortunately, much like the rest of the season, the very few times that the Cardinals have had a lead, they have not been able to hang on to it.
0: They weren't ahead at halftime, but the three games previously, they had a lead at halftime. Here you got a lead nearly five minutes into the fourth quarter. It's a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and unable to hang on. And I thought, again, credit Hard Knocks for capturing this. This is before the game-winning field goal. Mike Evans, Antonio Hamilton, Merry Christmas to one another. And then Evans says, y'all had this one. And then we see the field goal connect and the Cardinals walk off the field once again on the short end of a 19-16 game.
1: This was another situation in which it felt a lot like self-inflicting wounds. Um, Look, Trace McSorley did not have a great game. The fact that DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on a combined seven targets had zero receptions the first half. Hopkins had just one in the entire game. It doesn't necessarily all fall on him, but it it looked like a struggle. Um, But the pitch to Keontae Ingram, I mean, there were opportunities where it just seemed like the Cardinals couldn't get out of their own way.
0: And this episode, I think, showed from during the week as the week continued and then on game day on how much of the emphasis was, whether it was the coaching staff or McSorley, we have to get the ball in D. Hop's hands. It was on practice, at practice, when McSorley and DeAndre Hopkins having conversations about where to put the ball, where do you like it, I'll be there for you. It was in the locker room. Prior to kickoff, I'm going to lean on y'all, talking with D-Hop. At halftime, you hear McSorley talking to himself about needing to get the ball into number 10's hands. His family and the suite acknowledging that Hopkins hasn't been heavily involved in this game, needs to get the ball, and only one catch, and it happened inside of eight minutes to go in the ballgame. It wasn't like McSorley wasn't looking for, for Hopkins. There were 10 targets. They were just throws that were high, uncatchable to begin with. And it's just unfortunate because if you connect on even half of those, this game might have gone a different way.
1: And I'm sure they know that. And game, Hopkins was saying, you know, understanding that it was McSorley's first career start. Like, y- you can't expect him to go out and play the way that Colt McCoy would play based on the difference of years and experience and skill set and all of that. So it, nobody was necessarily blaming Trace McSorley it was just it was hard for the offense to create any sort of rhythm and to capitalize. It was once again James Conner finding the end zone and that was the lone touchdown for the Cardinals. Um yet another week where I'm watching the episode, I'm kind of grossed in the episode, and then the game starts and I'm like, Oh, wait a second, I know how this one ends.
0: We can't get that perfect ending as far as all of the stuff that we get to see leading up to the game and then the game, and then getting to see how everything gets put together, wrapped in that nice little bow by Hard Knocks, because it's been a while since this team has had an episode in which it looks back at a win. It's been a long, long time, but there were moments, again, McSorley and his family, James Conner and his family, J.J. Watt being mic'd up and seeing how much he continues to put forth the effort each and every week, but I liked going back to the whole family situation antonio hamilton with his family on christmas morning and then all of a sudden all right daddy's got to go to work by the way did you notice he had that back brace on the entire time whether it was in uniform or out of uniform but on christmas morning holding his newborn son he's still wearing that back brace
1: i did see that i'm 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 sure they asked about it. They just didn't include, if they did ask about it, any of that in the episode. But I did notice it, and it's it's a reminder of that these players are dealing with nicks and bruises and aches and pains, and it shows up in their personal lives when they're not at the facility and they're constantly still trying to take care of their bodies and to make sure, even if they're not 100%, they are enough to be able to go out and play Um, And you just kind of feel for him of, look, he's he's opening presents Christmas morning with his family, with his little kids. And, you know, he's got that back brace on to make sure he's ready to go for the game Sunday night. Um, You just, it's one of those moments where you take a step back and you see it and you have a lot more respect for what these players go through and and the work they put in to make sure they're ready each and every week.
0: By the way, it's not only a back issue for Hamilton, he also hurt his hip in Sunday's game. Hamilton did not participate in Wednesday's walkthrough, more on the injury report in a moment, but yeah, you're getting to that point in the season here, week 17, that all these nicks and bruises come a little bit more frequent and are... More difficult to get rid of as the season progresses, but that's why you like to see whether it's a J.J. Watt or a Buddha Baker continue to play. Now, we're not going to see Baker the rest of the season placed on injured reserve on Wednesday, and I'm glad he was placed on IR, Danny, because if you do not place him on IR, there's always that potential of Buddha somehow, some way, figuring out a way to get back on that football field, even though, well, in this case, he's been ruled out, but we've Heard he's been ruled out before.
1: Yeah, that's happened before. The game against the Rams in L.A. when Buda Baker was ruled out on a Monday and then that week had the game-sealing interception and returned it for a good chunk of yardage on that bum ankle. So, look, there's all you're at the point in the season where there's two games left and when you have injuries, you have to take into consideration what is worth it. Not in the sense of you're not playing for anything, but in the sense of the players' bodies of what how they're already feeling and, and the recovery process and you don't want to do any sort of detrimental damage at this point um, and that's not to say that's what every decision has been I mean I think that's a large part of this point why Byron Murphy, Byron Murphy is on IR now with his back but there's a reason that Zach Allen hasn't gone on IR so it's just one of those things where It's it really sucks, honestly, of not only type of player Buddha is, but week after week, we see it around the facility, Craig. But in hard knocks too just the type of leader Buddha is and he'll still be around the facility. He'll still be leading him. Sure. He will still be in meetings when he can be. Um, But it's just it's week after week, whether it's a teammate, whether it's coaches talking amongst themselves, whether it's other position coaches talking to their room that Buddha is not even in, whether it's the opposing team or coaches, somebody is always talking about Buddha or J.J and the work ethic, and that the heart, and this week it was defensive coordinator Vance Joseph talking to his room of looking at the score against the Broncos. Yeah, we can go back and win. We're down 24-15. There's a good chance we won't win, and knowing that, look at the effort that Buda Baker is playing with here off the Blitz, and how fast he's moving, and how hard he's hitting, and so losing that on the field for these last two games when there really is still enough to fight for when it comes to pride, and being accountable, and you know playing for a job for next year really sucks to not have him out on the field
0: that scene in particular and we've seen it before but that one in particular that was vj addressing the entire defense and they pan the room and you see Buda baker sitting there antonio hamilton lucky Photo, jj watt and you would hope that the words and then what's shown on the screen resonate with everyone else in that room not named Buda baker and jj J. watt because Those are the two examples all season long, without any question, no matter where they are as far as their rehab is, they're going to give it their all. And unfortunately, we don't get to see that anymore from Buda Baker, but it's just a reminder on what he is and what he means to this team, not only this season, but years moving forward.
1: Yeah, and I think what's hard too is, I mean, February is still – you know a couple of weeks away at this point but thinking about the Pro Bowl and Bud Baker who recently earned his 5th nod to the Pro Bowl fourth consecutive year that's a third of those votes come from fans from coaches and from players and a lot of times the Pro Bowl comes when you're winning um from cuz that, that if your team's winning then people see you're playing well fans are seeing your face and your name all over social media so for Buddha to get this Pro Bowl nomination when the team is 4-11 and 11, says a lot about what people around the league are seeing from him and how he is still playing. And so that's a bummer that he more than likely at this point will probably not be able to participate. Again, we don't know the severity of the injury and... Again, it's also Buda Baker, so maybe he'll still find a way to get out there. The
0: good uh, news is it's flag football if he chooses to play, and then there's other skill challenges because he brought up the fact that maybe he becomes more of an offensive player that week in Vegas, whether throwing the football or catching the football. But fractured shoulder? Yeah, my guess is that Buda Baker, although Kingsbury did acknowledge that no surgery is needed, just rest. So it was a it was a hard enough blow to where all right just let it heal naturally which is what everyone wants to hear as far as okay anything to avoid going under the knife and a long-term rehab stints or just a rehab process in the off-season.
1: yeah and that's that's what you want to hear and again at this point it's it is what it is the situation that they're in so if that's what's best for buddha and his body and putting him on ir so there's no chance he can Negotiate, yeah, negotiate his way out onto that field, you know, keep him safe.
0: By the way, we found out when that injury actually occurred. And unlike your colleagues over on Cardinals Underground, I will not blame you for not noticing because I don't think anyone. Yeah, what
1: was going on with that?
0: Again, gentlemen, I listen all the way through.
1: Can we at least make it clear for those who don't listen to Cardinals Underground with myself, Paul Calvisi and Darren Urban? Who
0: doesn't listen to Cardinals I'm Underground? I'm just
1: saying, they made a sly comment of, hmm, if only we had a <laughs> sideline reporter who would have noticed that Buda was <laughs> hanging onto his shoulder. And I said, well, did you guys notice it? And they said, no. It's Okay.
0: No one noticed because it was a rather large collision. It was the Leonard Fournette 44-yard catch and run. Part of that. Momentum turn in the game after the Cardinals had taken a 16-6 to lead, but there was a big collision. Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons trying to tackle Fournette, and Buda landed awkwardly on his shoulder. Now that's 10 minutes to go in the game. Baker never came off the field for 10 minutes, what he thought was a bruise. He played with a fractured shoulder for 10 minutes in that game, plus overtime.
1: Continuing to make tackles. They highlighted one of those at the goal line
0: it's It's remarkable what he will play through and refuse to let him stay off the football field.
1: Very impressive. that That's the kind of player that's the kind of leader, of the dedication that you want. Not in the sense of not listening to your body by any means. I mean, Buddha <laughs> is is smart. He knows his limits. Um, but it's just incredibly remarkable and respectable to see how much he loves the game, how much he loves his teammates and playing for the Cardinals.
0: Also on Hard Knocks episode seven of their in season show, the flashbacks, not only with Trace McSorley back to draft day, but James Conner back to draft day. And this was really the first time we had really put the spotlight on James Conner, which I think is deserved. One, he's playing well. Two, his story is unbelievable. Worth retelling, even if you already know it. Cancer-free, diagnosed in college on thanks. Now, this is what I did not know. Diagnosed on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, That's that's the time for family, and here you are away from your family because you're in the midst of football season. You get this news, and you hear his mom on the other end of the line going, okay, I'll be there right away. And then chemo chemo starts the following week, and luckily for him, fortunate to be not only cancer-free but drafted and now excelling first with the Steelers and now with the Cardinals.
1: I'm a sucker for a good story, and I won't lie that I didn't yeah – I'm not going to say I didn't tear up watching how emotional James was with his family when he was drafted by the Steelers. And I think that's also in part of now for the last what, year and a half I've been out here of getting to know James, um, not just as a football player, but as a person. And he's just so remarkable. And he is so humble and so respectful. And he really puts his body on the line and gives it his all and means so much to this organization. And so his story is incredible. He is more of a quiet guy. That's the kind of temperament he has. He's very even keeled. And so he doesn't necessarily, I feel like, talk about this story a lot. Not that he, anyone would, you know, be walking around just, oh, did you know this about me? But he really just keeps it on the present. And so it was really interesting to, to see the, the photos and the videos from when he was going through treatment and seeing all of that historian, his mom being at the game and spending Christmas with his mom and just seeing all of that, and everything he's overcome. It's another story we've seen many of them throughout Hard Knocks. These players go through a lot to get to this point. So when a lot of them say that this is more than just about me and it's about their family and everything their family has supported them through... That's another great example.
0: As he looked back at that 2017 draft, he mentioned that it felt like we all got drafted, his entire family. And remember, when he re-signed with the Cardinals this past offseason, we see it a lot. Owner Michael Bidwell likes to be a part of that process and sit down with the player when the pen gets put to paper. And in this instance, cameras caught not only James Conner, but his mom was there, his brothers were there, and Michael even acknowledged this might be the first family contract signing that I have. And I wish more players, if afforded that opportunity, if, if allowed, you know, you're able to bring your family. That's a moment that I like that James Conner is able to share, whether it's draft day, game day, or in this case, re-signing a second contract with the Arizona Cardinals, because you're right. It takes everyone, not just one person to put you where you are, in this case, in the National Football League.
1: I got a chance to briefly meet his family because I chatted with him that day, and it's just its so special for them. You're right. It's not just about the player who's putting pen to paper, but there's so many people behind the scenes. That was something J.J. talked extensively about in his press conference Wednesday, formally announcing – Good segue. Thank you. Is that where you were going next? I was. I can't even see your notes across this table. (laughs) Um, That was something J.J. extensively talked about in his press conference Wednesday to the media um, after announcing he was going to retire after the season, two games left. Very early on in the press conference, I believe it might have been the first question of when asked what he wants to be remembered for, his play on the field, the – amazing impact he has had in every community. And the first thing that comes to mind is everything he did for Hurricane Harvey relief. And he said, I I don't want people to remember me thinking I did it by myself. Everything I've done in the community, my foundation, I have not been by myself. Feeding myself hasn't been just me in terms of the nutrition staffs he's worked with over the years, the trainers, people who set up and take apart the drills, his family who has been there for him, his wife he talked about, and the sacrifices she has made. And that was something that I really enjoyed was getting to see that the humbleness that J.J. has and and recognizing that he didn't get to where he is in his life and in his career by himself. That was something we saw in last week's Hard Knocks episode prior to Christmas was him talking to the team in the team meeting room saying, hey, you know, there's the opportunity for us to – to put in some money into a fund for all the people who do everything for us, our laundry, they cook, they clean, they do everything, so we don't have to focus on anything besides our job in the meeting rooms, in the weight room, on the field. Let's give back and and make sure they feel appreciated and seen for that work. And that was something J.J. really talked about in his press conference too.
0: Watt used the phrase, it's taken many villages to either, one, make him the person who he is or the player who he is, acknowledging everyone else behind the scenes. And, yeah, J.J. Watt's retirement did not become official. It's the announcement until Monday after the game, but it was acknowledged in this week's Hard Knocks Episode 7 that J.J. Watt is going to retire at the end Of this season, I think it's a good jumping off point, Danny, when we look and look back at what J.J. Watt had to say, because Wednesday marked the first time since his tweet that went viral and whether or not. And I'll say this, I do believe J.J. Watt, this was not a planned announcement because and there was no one particular moment when he knew, yeah, this is it. He did acknowledge that this has been in the works for several weeks, several people have known about this, including Colt McCoy. So Colt, in the words of J.J. Watt, you're a liar because Colt McCoy told a great story that he was having breakfast Wednesday morning with J.J., looked up the TV screen, saw that J.J. Watt was retiring, and said, oh, this is what we're doing now. Colt has known for a while. A lot of people have known for a while, but it's a credit to the respect they have for J.J. Watt that they allowed J.J. to make that news and not have it leak somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, he wanted to take matters into his own hands, and he said basically he got the photos of his family. It was his son Koa's first game, and so they took photos on the field pregame, and he got those back, and it was his wife, his son, his parents, and he said, you know what, I saw those, and this just felt right. felt He had talked with his agent and his team about if anyone had a good idea for how to announce and he said it just felt right in the moment, and I tweeted out that it was my final home game, And then I put my phone down. I took my son to his doctor's appointment, and then I came back, and I checked my phone. It was blowing up, and we have to quickly tell this story because J.J. was hysterically laughing at the podium. He had a FaceTime call from a number he didn't recognize, so he didn't answer it because he didn't know the number.
0: Very smart, by the way. Yes,
1: and then when he got a text, it was a voice memo, and he was thinking, who is this person? And he listened to it, and it was so incoherent. He was very confused. And then he later got a text. Turns out it's Cardinals rookie Jesse Lucchetta, who just had his wisdom teeth taken out and he was coming out of the anesthesia when he was told JJ was retiring. So he immediately tried to FaceTime him and left him a voice memo, basically just asking for a jersey at the end of the year. And then a couple hours had passed and Jesse had texted JJ and said, hey, sorry for that, but I do still want the jersey. And so J.J. laughed and he said, I'm going to make sure he gets a jersey. I'm also going to see if I have permission to come and play the voice memo so you guys can hear what I had to hear.
0: We've seen these viral videos before when an unsuspecting patient is filmed by, I don't know, a sibling, a parent, and then they post it on social media. So that, while J.J. is retelling the story, that's the image I have in my head of Jesse Laquetta filled with cotton balls trying to – say what's on his mind and on the other end J.J.'s going one I don't know who this is two I don't know what they're saying because as he said it's incoherence and in the words of J.J. Watt Lucchetta was quote high off his ass
1: (laughs) which I thought
0: was hysterical and I do hope we get to hear or that if that message is played either by J.J. Watt or Maybe on azcardinals.com at some point, but that—that's—I—I would—that I would be—that would, be, would be entertaining to say the least.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty funny. I wish Hard Knocks could have been around <laughs> for that moment on either end to get that. That would be pretty funny.
0: Yeah, can you take uh, the cameras into uh, getting your wisdom teeth pulled? Probably not.
1: I mean, it's Hard Knocks. They, I'm sure they could have found a way. Pretty interesting to get that done during the season.
0: Yeah, and midweek too. I know Laqueta hasn't been active for a whole heck of a lot this year, but yeah, that unless it was something Maybe that needed was in to be a lot done. Of pain. Yeah. Anything else stand out about JJ's 15 plus minute press conference? That had to be cut off because he had meetings to go to, and the fact that we had to wait darn near an hour for him to address the media, but that's okay. He's I, JJ you know, Watt.
1: I, I think it was pretty much what you would expect. Um, very grateful, very gracious for. Everyone who has helped him along the way, um, his hard work and his dedication has shown on the field and off the field and the way that his current and former teammates and coaches have talked so highly of him and the fact that he wanted to go out on top, even if that doesn't mean hoisting the Lombardi trophy, he's healthy, he's been productive and he's happy and he's at a point where this is the right time for him and he doesn't feel like he's going to have any regrets and laughing and reminding all of us that while 33 years old might seem old in the football realm, he is in fact very young and has his whole life ahead of him and is looking forward to that, spending more time with his family, supporting his wife, um, getting back on the soccer field. So I would highly recommend that you go to either our YouTube channel, azcarnels.com and check out the live stream that we have because it was a pretty great press conference. I also liked on the bench in the game when he sat down to zach allen and he goes it feels like 2 a.m <laughs> with this game and zach zach's like it's 9 30. and jj goes i am so hungry when i get home i'm eating every christmas leftover i'm eating every cookie i'm drinking the eggnog and zach is just sitting there like i feel like he's just so used to jj saying all these random things that he just doesn't really have a reaction to a lot of it anymore
0: and At the end of this season, J.J. Watt can do whatever the heck he wants to do, and that's the big question now is what is next for J.J.? He doesn't know. I'm sure televisions, you know, cable companies, every which way as far as with the game. And he's also done some work in the golf as well. He enjoys that sport. Obviously, his wife is a soccer player. So whatever he wants to do, Cliff Kingsbury, Brent mentioned Hollywood as a possibility. But there are going to be options. But I think first and foremost, it's father and husband in the immediate future for JJ Watt.
1: And that's that's probably a a big reason as to why this is the right time for him. It wasn't the only reason, but he said, "Yeah, now that he has a son, he wants to spend more time with his family, having his heart shocked a couple of months ago absolutely played a role in this decision." And that's why, you know, it's it's all the more important that he finished healthy so that he can go and be a healthy and active father and husband and Continue cheering on his brothers in Pittsburgh and his wife when she makes it back out onto the pitch so very exciting very respectable career what he's done on the field off the field two more games left for JJ and the Cardinals so I'm sure we will have plenty more to talk about him uh, in these next couple weeks
0: playing some of his best football not only this season but since 2018 and that's what he talked about no regrets whatsoever quote I would much rather go out playing good football than to be forced out which a lot of players get that tap on the shoulder and say you know what it's it's time to hang it up you don't have it anymore JJ did not want to get to that point where all of a sudden your most recent or lasting image is him getting knocked backwards as opposed to him going forwards and disrupting an offense
1: and this could be totally out of left field but Uh, to hear him say that and to make that announcement hours after playing Tom Brady who many are saying might be at that point in his career pretty interesting not necessarily he's saying that as a knock on Tom Brady but you can see the point he's making
0: it was a very eventful Wednesday and the last news item here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals we talked about the Buda Baker on IR, one of nine different roster moves made on Wednesday. But the big news outside of J.J. Watt speaking about retirement, Colt McCoy cleared concussion protocol. He will start on Sunday. I can't say – I'll say this. I'm surprised, but listening to Colt explain why it's so important for him to finish the season like J.J. Watt on his terms, finish the season, finish what you started – it was I, – I get it. I respect it. There's a part of me, though, wonders, one, health-wise, is it worth it? And then when you're looking at next season, with the uncertainty of Kyler Murray, you don't want anything to happen to Colt, who right now is QB1 going into the offseason. Have you seen enough? Do you need to see more out of Trace McSorley? David Blau, who's on the roster. But as Colt said, we're going to fight, and I want to be a part of that.
1: These opportunities are so few and far between, especially for someone like Colt McCoy, who hasn't had a lot of those opportunities consistently for most of his career, being a backup for most of it. I, I get this, that side of you only have two games left. You're out of the playoffs. Your quarterback is going to be hurt. We don't know how long, if it will be into the season because Kyler Murray has not had his surgery yet. However, if Kyler Murray weren't hurt and everything else was the same Cardinals were still four and 11, two games left, no playoffs. There's, there's no way in hell that Kyler Murray's not playing the last two games. And so that's what I think about with Colt McCoy is why should it be any different? Why should those opportunities be taken away from Colt to better understand this offense and build chemistry and, and put his own film on tape. And so that's, that's the opposite thought process for me is if it were Kyler Murray and your QB1 were playing you would have him play the rest of the season so I understand Colt's perspective
0: and that's what he mentioned is earlier as far as his trying to explain to whether it was the coaching staff or the front office quote Kyler can't play and you brought me here to play I'm cleared let me play and I, I totally get it You just hope it's for the right reasons, and I do think it is for the right reasons. And as I was talking with Darren Urban in the locker room during media availability, if you don't know about Kyler Murray and you're thinking about, okay, for a month, two months, we're going to remain with Colt McCoy as our starter, then these two games are important, not momentum, but as you like to say, confidence, more reps with DeAndre Hopkins, more reps with Hollywood Brown, more reps with Greg Dortch, Who's more available right now than Rondell Moore, and then working with James Conner? I don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. That would but be my least, other point. But your skilled position players are all coming back next season.
1: Yeah, and that's important as well. In the offensive line, is there's a lot of questions that's gonna that are going to have to be answered, whether that's health related, contract related, possibly retirement related. Um, so that that entire position group is also incredibly important to get those reps with Colt McCoy because one you want to have that with your backup quarterback and two depending on what Kyler's need looks like when it's opened up depending on what his recovery process is like you want to make sure everybody feels comfortable with Colt if he's going to be Qb1 to start next season
0: good news for you danny oh what's that the Atlanta Falcons play inside
1: woohoo it's
0: not outside it's going
1: to be chilly isn't it
0: I have not looked at the – see, once once I once I know it's going to be indoors, it doesn't even matter what the weather's going to be.
1: I am excited. At least for me.
0: I'm not traveling. You do. So whatever you're doing. By the way, New Year's Eve plans, since I'm not going to speak to you, at least here on Cardinals Cover 2, until the new year. Mm-hmm. But January 1 is the game. Mm-hmm. 11 a.m. Oh, is kickoff yeah, Arizona time. The, the bus time. leaves
1: at 8.30. I've already oh, checked, Craig. Wow. But I'm going to get plenty of sleep. Drink plenty of water. I'm going to be Im- – I don't even know that I'll be awake when the ball drops at midnight, Craig.
0: I believe I've heard this before. There was the trip to <laughs> Vegas. There was the trip to Nashville. Mexico
1: City. Yeah. No, Craig. By the way you – know, people take note of this because people are, like, <laughs> commenting or they're messaging me, like, about all these comments that you and Paul and Darren like to make as if you guys weren't also my age at one point.
0: I can't think of a better way to ring in the new year than with Darren and Paul, by the way. <laughs>
1: I need to see what their plans are. Maybe they'll hang out with me. Gosh, okay. how much fun would that be if I convinced them to, like, go out to a club and be out there at midnight?
0: We would have to do an emergency I would have podcast. to call Hard Knocks. Yes. Bring Hard Knocks I would live with stream.
1: you. How about I live stream There it. you go. That's a I thought. I like it.
0: I'm actually looking forward to week 17 in <laughs> Atlanta now. This just became a whole lot more interesting, not by what's going to happen on the field, but what we might – here, either pregame or during the game, because it's always so much fun.
1: I'm excited. should be fun. Do you have New Year's resolutions? I'm not a big resolutioner. I'm
0: not. No, just eat well, stay healthy, hmm. be a good dad. Okay. That's basic stuff.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Sorry to disappoint. I no, could, that's okay. I, could, I could hear it in your voice. No, it's great. I just completely let you down to end this episode of no, Cardinals Cover 2. No, you can Cover never two. let me down, Craig. Okay. Well, then I'm just going to end it right now because that's just a great way to close up the shop here. <laughs> we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Lou We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.